Hello, and welcome to the Marvel Super Awesome Super Show. I'm your host, John. Um, you're usually around this time expecting Andrew to chime in. Um, well, this is going to be a little different. Uh, right now, there's no Marvel movies coming out, or Marvel show, or really anything Marvel. We kind of have a small hiatus. So, to keep things fun and interesting, Andrew and I are going to do kind of mini-series, uh, and this is kind of the first one, I guess. This is going to focus on my ranking of the MCU movies uh, all the way up to Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, I it, it's just kind of something fun I wanted to do. Uh, Andrew thought it'd be fun. He initially was going to come, but he's working at Cedar Point, which is awesome for him. I'm excited for him, and um, we're going to try out this solo thing. So, um, at the bottom of my list, we're at number 23, because there's 23 movies between Iron Man and Spider-Man Far From Home. I have Thor Dark World. Um, I, I have issues with this movie. Um, I think it's a, it's hard to see. They didn't really know what tone they wanted to go for. Um, the Aether looks really, it's hard to kind of grasp its power. Um, and like with Thanos in, uh, Infinity War. He ends up using the powers, and it's really well done how he uses the reality stone in that movie. Um, and I think that's because Marvel got to, you know, try it out with Dark World and was like, oh, oh, this looks terrible. But, yeah. Also, I don't know. You'll see that the, the first and second Thors aren't going to be high up on my list, partly because... Again, they don't know what they want to do with Thor. He's either this powerful being uh, who's very stoic and forthright, or he's kind of a little bit of comic relief, but it's never works. It didn't work well until they got uh, they got to Thor Ragnarok, where they could kind of explore that funny part that Chris Hemsworth is. Um, he, he's got some great acting chops, um, and also kind of lean more into that cosmic realm, uh, but we'll get to Thor Ragnarok soon. <laughs> At number 22, because we're going to go up, guys, in case you didn't know, uh, 22, I'm going to put the Incredible Hulk. Um... This one might have been higher up, but I, I I did like this movie. The parts that I liked about it, though, were were having the Hulk be a monster, and it anytime he's on screen, you are scared, not for the Hulk, but for everyone around him, which is a great thing to feel for the Hulk. It sucks that we really only get to explore that outside of, you know, Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, 
um, in Avengers when he goes mad on the helicarrier. And that was only really for like a short scene with Black Widow as he's changing. You're scared for her. I, I'm hoping that they end up eventually going away from uh, Professor Hulk. Like, like they currently have in after Endgame. Spoilers. <laughs> um, and go back to Bruce Banner and Hulk being two separate entities. And Hulk being this monster. And we kind of have to ex get a chance to explore that. Um, so that is how I feel about the Incredible Hulk at number 22. At number 21, we are going back to Thor. <laughs> uh, the first Thor, I thought it was a good introduction to Thor. It was a good introduction to Asgard and his family. I just, again, it the, the, the parts, the appeal that they had with Thor was, oh, we get this really good looking guy who's got a really good, you know, accent, he looks the part, but the story's really, it's just not entertaining. Oh, we have this guy who's magical, comes to Earth and is explaining the world, the universe to um, Jane Foster, and that, that was interesting, but, and helped build, like, the world, but it's not great. I I just it was very talky talky and not a lot of action. Uh, there were some fine action sequences, um, but there was a lot of talking, and I I like dialogue. This was just I don't know when I think of the first Thor, and I haven't watched it in a while, so. There's some recency bias with some of these movies, so I'll put that out there right now. Um, I just don't remember it being fun. Like, when I think of the first Thor, I can't even remember when I first saw it. <laughs> um, when I think of Thor Dark World, I remember the first time I saw it, I was on a date uh, with this girl. She was one of my best friends now. And I remember... There was a point where um, where Chris Hemsworth is contractually obligated to take off his shirt. And I remember leaning over and saying, Don't get too excited now, like an idiot. Um, and then we were la there was like one part where I guess we laughed at something. Or like she made a joke. I don't remember. We laughed and then I whispered over, I love you to her. And she was awkward and it was awkward. So yeah, that's probably more than you need to know. <laughs> Doors number 21. Let's move on. Um, at number 20, so at this point, I feel like I need to say that even if it's low on the list, that doesn't mean I don't like it. Um, it just means that there's, there's a... The MCU does a great job with movies, um, and I think at this point it's more 
about like personal preference. Uh, so you'll see me, you know, lean more towards movies that are very comedic, but also have a lot of heart. Um, so you'll you'll probably get you'll start to see that bias come in. You'll start to see me lean one way over another. Um, but this one kind of doesn't fit into that really. Um, number 20 for me is Age of Ultron. So I was excited when Age of Ultron first came out. Um, I remember finding the comic a while ago, like before Age of Ultron was announced, I went to the, the Barnes and Nobles near me, found the, the run, the, the recent run of Age of Ultron and thinking, wow, this is awesome. I wonder if they're going to do this. And then we have, I want to say weekend at Ultron's because it's not an age, it's a day or two. It's three days where we just hang out with Ultron. We see Hawkeye with his family, which that was sweet, but like, can't carry a movie off of that. Um, the other thing with it is like Joss Whedon, he's, he didn't write Ultron well. He's very, Ultron's his very philosophical character and foils Vision in that sense as well, where Vision is also philosophical and we end up having this conflict of ideals. Um, and instead, we get, let me just punch them, punch all these different Ultron robots, kill them all. And then one of Ultron's last things is, you know, in hindsight, I really should have. And then Hulk beating the shit out of him. It, it's weird because like this, this film, like when I think of the story of the MCU, it's a pivotal moment. The Avengers get together. They, this is a threat that they created. And it, this ends up being the threats that they have to deal with eventually, which is threats that they've created. <laughs> Um, it's, I don't know, it's weird, because, and, and that's, that's a word I'm going to use for a lot of movies that I, I like, but also put low on the list, is, it's weird. I remember enjoying the movie when I first watched it, and then I go back to it now, and I'm like, oh, ah, that was fine. They... Those, like, vision scenes that, like, the people had, they weren't, they were interesting, but there's always just, like, bits and pieces where I'm like, ooh, they did that really okay with Age of Ultron. Never something where I'm like, that was great. A plus, fantastic. So yeah, that's my thoughts on Age of Ultron. Number 19, um, this one is going to go to Iron Man 2. So, Iron Man 2, I, when it comes to Tony Stark and his character arc, Iron Man 2 is this weird thing where he is selfish and they really... It feels like they made Iron Man 2 to say, oh, 
Um, let's make more money, guys. Marvel, you, you want to make more money? And everyone was like, you know what? I can make some more money. And that's what Iron Man 2 was. Uh, there were some cool things with it. Um, I liked how we got the uh, War Machine. I liked that we got um, Don Cheadle as... Um, uh, what's his name? As War Machine. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I thought Whiplash was interesting. Um, I thought... Uh, Justin Hammer, he, the guy who played Justin Hammer was fantastic. I just talked about the actor a couple days ago with someone, and now I can't remember his name. That's great. Love my memory. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like Iron Man 2 just, it, when it comes to Tony's story, that moment has nothing to do with it. That, you could not watch Iron Man 2 and still see all of Tony's struggles which we'll get which I'll talk about more in Iron Man 3 when I talk about it but yeah I Iron Man 2 was kind of uh, not so good at least to me again my opinions you're gonna disagree alright number 18 is a um, interesting one for me cause it's Pro people are probably not going to agree with me on this one. Um, but number 18 for me is Black Panther. Um, I love Black Panther. He's one of my favorite superheroes. I liked exploring Wakanda. The story, though, it felt very much been there, done that. It was Lion King in space, really. But it's not really space, it was Wakanda. Um, we had all the same story beats. Um, there wasn't any... I don't know. I loved Wakanda. I loved that. The story, though, just didn't... It didn't make me be like, Oh, wow, that was an exciting story. In fact, I think Black Panther was the first movie first Marvel movie I came out of thinking, that was okay. I don't know if I'll watch it again in theaters, but I'll, it, it was good. Um, now, I, I, I like Black Panther's cultural significance, um, and I think that Black Panther is an amazing superhero. Um, and Chadwick was, is, was, always will be an amazing person outside of just being an actor um but again i just ah, the story really fell flat at least to me i i wish it would have focused more on like a wakandan threat um i don't, I don't know if that makes sense like what I would have liked is if it was more centralized around that conflict between M'Baku and T'Challa, where we have these two leaders that both want to rule Wakanda, one with a birthright, one who has a different birthright but was exiled. So it's kind of, it's, 
it'd be a similar story, but we don't have that outsider like, oh, we need to go and uh, give arms to all the 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 um, black people of the world, um, which um, T'Challa kind of takes that a different way. He's like, no, we we need to help all of our brothers and sisters across the world, but by sharing our knowledge and our tradition with everyone, instead of promoting violence, which is a great message. And I just, I don't know. It's not one of those movies where I was, again, I, I, I like it. I like Black Panther. I just, the story just kind of fell flat to me. <laughs> um, let me go on before I get myself in trouble. Actually, the next one will probably, well, won't be, it won't be yet. Um, number 17 for me um, is probably going to be Iron Man 3. Um, Iron Man 3, I like it as a character study of Tony Stark. I think it does a really good job examining Tony Stark as a character. Um, in the comics, um, he's more of an alcoholic than he is, you know, um, anything else. And that's like his big fatal flaws. He's an alcoholic and he has to work on keeping that himself together. Um, and that's also one of the things that him and Carol Danvers in the comics kind of not really bond over, but they have this common struggle of they... Carol has all this power, Tony has all this um, mental capacity and tinkering skills, but they're, they're, one of their biggest flaws is drinking. Um, and it's, it's a good, you know, flaw, I guess. <laughs> There's not really anything wrong with it, at least to me. Um, I, I think, you know, when, when you have an alcoholic it in stories, you know, it's always about their their ability to overcome that. The MCU didn't really go with the alcoholic Tony or the alcoholic Carol. Maybe we'll see alcoholic Carol in the Marvels, but we we don't know that yet. Um, I, I doubt it though. Um, instead, with Tony though, they went with PTSD over the. Uh, the things in the Avengers, which makes a lot of sense for the character that they've built for him. Um, he loves Pepper, and he wants to keep her safe, but if he's gone, he can't really keep her safe. Um, the, the problems I had with Iron Man 3 stem mostly from uh, the villains, um, they kind of do a fake out, and I remember being extremely pissed on this because we have the we are told that you know the Mandarin's going to be in it. They have all of this advertisement promoting the Mandarin, and then psych, we're uh, doing extremists, which is terrible. <laughs> it was 
it was a way for Marvel to be like, ooh, is there interest in magic in the MCU? Oh, not too much. Never mind, no magic. We'll just do, um, science-y stuff again. When I really wish they, earlier on in the MCU, leaned into some of the weirder shit. Like, the comics are weird. When you can have a pig being bitten by a radioactive, or a spider being bitten by a radioactive pig to make him spider ham, that's how you know, like, you've got some weird shit going on. I, I, it, it's, Marvel's earlier movies are very, they're good for the time, but they don't hold up when they, they start, you know, improving, getting better directors, better writing, a better idea of what they want in the future. Um, in Iron Man 3, you kind of see this turn with Marvel, where they're like, here's what we like, and here's where we kind of want to go, but we're too afraid of doing something new. That's why Iron Man 3 is number 17 for me. Number 16, we are going to go with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, I thought, looked amazing. Uh, visually, it was interesting. Um, the parts that I don't like about Doctor Strange was when it became like magical hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, especially as like a later MCU movie. Um, I feel like, at least in my own personal opinion, we've gotten to a point where it's all about where every villain has to be beaten through physical combat. Um, or at least there has to be this big combat scene. Um, and those fights get a little boring. <laughs> um, especially when you're like, oh, this is the big fight. Well, I guess it's time to get ready to uh, leave our seats. I Doctor Strange looked great. I remember being excited for it. Um, me and my buddy Chris, we went to the to an IMAX sneak peek of it. Um, I drove like an hour away from our dorm to a movie theater where we went to go watch it and it was fun I it was like 15 minutes where they just showed the um, the mirror dimension stuff or they, they did like clips I think I don't remember but I remember going and I was like oh that was that was fun I'm glad I got to experience this with my good buddy Chris I did like that they had Dormammu be this creature that you could not defeat with traditional means and that they ended up using a very interesting way to defeat this adversary. It's not... It wasn't great, became a huge meme, but it was different and I liked it. I liked being able to defeat a villain in a different way. Um, so yeah, that's why 
Doctor Strange is number 16 for me. Um, number 15, I'm going to give to Captain Marvel. Um, personally, I'm hoping this, this isn't going to happen. But when Captain Marvel came out, I was kind of rolling my eyes. Uh, not, not for the reasons you think. I love Captain Marvel. She's one of my favorite superheroes in the comics. Love Brie Larson. She's really, she's a great actress, at least to me. Um, the thing that I was tired about with, though, was, one, had to do with the Tesseract, again, it seems like Marvel can't get away from the Tesseract for some reason, it's never a good reason for that, like, it, I, I don't get it. The other part that kind of irritated me was it was another superhero origin story. I feel like the MCU's gotten too big for that, in a way. When you have new heroes you want to introduce, doing a movie to introduce them becomes tiresome. Because there's no stakes, really. It's all about them learning what their power is, being like, oh, cool, this is how I can use it to fight and win. Oh, no, I got beaten one time because I didn't learn my powers. Let me learn that power. Or let me get my motivation to use it correctly. And then they win. It's very formulaic. Um... Whereas, I don't know, I, with TV shows, like, I'm going to a non-MCU property, um, which is the Netflix Marvel show, um, Daredevil, or Jessica Jones. Let's take either one of those. The backstory on how they got their powers is minimalistic. They quickly explain it, it's a couple scenes, and it's done. We then know who they were, how they got their powers, and where they currently are. Um, sometimes it's hidden in mystery, sometimes it just doesn't matter too much. Sometimes that journey that we want to see in, in movies especially superhero movies, is where they start as a hero and where they're going. Which is part of the reason why when you look at Tony Stark's entire journey, he's a very interesting character. Because he goes from this selfish asshole who uh, hates himself and hates... Well, he, he likes certain people, but he can't... He doesn't have a good way to show that to this very fatherly character who's willing to sacrifice the world for the people he loves. It's a great journey in that sense. And with Captain Marvel, we don't really get her hero's journey, right? She starts off with amnesia. And it's really just about her finding out what her backstory is. 
which eh, it was different that's for sure um definitely i did like seeing uh phil colson again in mcu movies uh clark Gregg is one of my uh, has become one of my favorite actors thanks to agents of shield samuel l jackson i'll always uh, i love him <laughs> i'll watch whatever he decides to do and Playing a young Nick Fury was very interesting, and they did a really good job with the uh, de-aging CGI. But, yeah, and then, again, we have a very boring villain. Um, the Kree, General the Kree. It just... Why? <laughs> I, I don't... I don't get it. I, I, I don't know why why they didn't do like a more interesting villain. Like, um, I, I mean, I get why they didn't. They didn't want the focus to be on the villain. They wanted it to be about Carol and discovering who she is. But I also feel like if they had switched, like when I, this entire movie didn't need to happen. We could have learned a lot about this in like a flashback sequence in the first Captain Marvel movie, which would have been the Marvels. See her first on-screen appearance be in Endgame and be like, wow, who's this super powerful lady? I want to learn more about her. Kind of like what they did in Captain America Civil War with Black Panther. We see T'Challa be this badass. And we're like, wow, I want to learn more about T'Challa. I want to know, learn, learn more about Wakanda. There's so much mystery there. And then we get Black Panther, where we didn't get a traditional backstory. Like, oh, this is who he was. This is where he's going. We knew who he was beforehand from Civil War. And we got to explore more of his character. More of, oh, his father died. He's taking on this mantle. Maybe I've put Black Panther too low. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not changing numbers. Um, if I did, though, I might change Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Uh, but, yeah, I... Captain Marvel's just one of my favorite uh, superheroes, which is why she's higher up than she probably should be. Moving on! <laughs> Captain Marvel, everyone. Um, number 14... This is where things get a little hairy for me, because I, the rest of these movies, I like for one reason or another, and it's hard to then, it, it, we come to some close calls here. Um, I think the, the number 14, um, I think I'm going to give that to Avengers, the first one. So... Avengers was amazing when I first saw it. I remember going to the midnight premiere. I went with a couple friends. I remember thinking, oh my god, this is awesome. Look at that. Oh, they, they balance all these stories very well. This is amazing. I get to see my favorite heroes working together. However, the story though... <laughs> isn't it's just a it's not anything grand 
Um, I, I get what the idea behind Avengers was. It was not to have a good story. It was about setting up the franchise. And they did a great job with that. They also set a very impactful first major worldwide calamity event. Um, and that was what forever will be known as the uh, Battle for New York. It also set up that the Avengers are... They will go off and do their own things, but they will always come back together for a major event. Um, which we see in Endgame. That, that kind of promise comes to fulfillment. Um, other than that, though, like, the story's okay. They, the, the parts that, like, I don't know. I feel like we didn't get a lot of, we got too much of high and mighty Thor looking down at the plant, or the, the peasants. Um, I would have loved to see Thor relax a little bit more around the Avengers, um, and kind of... Treat them more as equals rather than, oh, um, sure, you've got a nice little shield, buddy. Uh, oh, you got you 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 make yourself a little suit. Oh, that's cute. What's that? Oh, you turn into a big thing. I respect you. I'm not gonna piss you off, Mr. Bow and Arrow guy. It's very nice to see you. Oh, Spy Girl. Very nice. That's my brother. He's dangerous. I need to keep an eye on him. Let me be away from the rest of you. Thor was kind of just there in the movie. And I I just wish that we got more of Thor interacting with the rest of the cast more. Rather than being kind of a loner throughout this film. Um, also... It didn't make sense for him to feel like he wasn't worthy of the hammer at that one scene. I just always think of that and I'm like, what the hell was Joss Whedon thinking with that? There was no point where we thought, man, Thor, you really screwed the pooch. How could you ever pick up the hammer again? Like, it was fine. <laughs> Avengers, number 14. Number 13. I am going to give that one to Ant-Man. Um, Ant-Man was fun. I think after Age of Ultron, which Ant-Man comes after, I we kind of needed a palate cleanser. That's a, another world-ending event. And I don't know. I I thought that a what ended up being a heist movie in a weird way um, I thought that was fun I wish I wish that Ant-Man and the Wasp fit into that more heisty movie but I think that Ant-Man as a whole fit really well in the MCU and hopefully gives directors ideas on what a Marvel movie can be. Because they have a nice heist sequence where Ant-Man gets to use his powers to break into um, Pym Laboratories. 
I, that was fun. I liked that. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting how they use um, his shrinking and growing powers. I liked that. It, the movie's fun. Um, Paul Rudd's a gem. We get Baskin Robbins. It's wonderful. I don't really have anything else to say about Ant-Man. But it was fun. Ant-Man and the Wasp, however, which is going to be my number 12. Um, that's... That one, I feel, was different in a good way. We end up having this moment with Ant-Man and the Wasp where they're not fighting for a... There's no world-ending event. I like that. I also like that Ghost is not a villain that you defeat, but one you help. Um, she's a scared girl. They didn't really give her, like, an age range. I, I, I remember watching and thinking, oh, she's some teenager, some 20-some-year-old. Um, really young. And she's just scared. She wants to live. She doesn't want to hurt. She doesn't want to die. And that's what she, her goal is. I don't want to die. It's very clear. Very understandable. We've all been in situations where we don't want to die. I, for one, don't want to die while swimming. Don't ask me why. I'm sure you'll find out at some point. But Ant-Man and Wasp, we, we get this. We we learn what her backstory is, and we're like, oh, that's super sad. And then we have this other conflict where we only have this one shot to get Hank's wife back. And we have to work together. We have to do a little bit of heisting. We have some hijinks. He he he. Ooh, Jimmy Woo, he's uh, coming for some reason. I. Oh, yeah, house arrest. We have to make sure that, um, that the consequences from Civil War are still, you know, satisfied. Um, I wanted to just call his character Paul Rudd, but uh, that's not his name. Uh, Scott... Hell, what's his name? Scott something. <laughs> um, Ant-Man... Uh, he has to get back home. So we've got this another, another ticking clock. Um, he can't be gone for too long. It's works really well as a story. I liked it. It was fun. Um, that's it for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, up next, for number 11, we're going to go with Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, so, Far From Home, as, I, I think the story sets up the fourth phase well, because we, we, we're told that now we're in this world without Tony, we're, without Captain America. Uh, what do we do? And it's all about figuring out what are we going to do, as well as giving us a, eh, a decent villain, um, 
anyone who's read the comics knew that the uh, that the switch was going to happen where Mysterio was, you guessed it, a bad guy. It's the film was fun. It just I I remember watching. Sorry, I'm getting my phone's blowing up for no reason. Let me throw it away. Um, but we rem we get told, you know, that this is just setting up for Phase Four, and I think that's good. It sets up. Spider-Man as someone who doesn't need Tony Stark, but he still doesn't. He he his inf Tony's influence is still there through Peter. It's just not. What's the word? I don't know what to say. We we see more of a Spider-Man who can hold his own without a Tony Stark. But still has the Tony Stark bankroll that got him to where he is. That's the words. <laughs> um, I think that it's very. It was well done. I liked it. Um, it was sucks though that it was the last movie I think I saw in theaters before the pandemic. I wish that we got more movies, but it's okay. Movies are opening up soon, so hopefully I'll get to watch something soon. Um, now we're up to my top 10, and at number 10, I'm going to go with Avengers Endgame. Um, this one is kind of hard What was... I kind of hurts me a little bit to put Endgame so low, but at the same time, compared to like every other movie on here, except for maybe Homecoming, um, it's a it's a movie that's tailored to the fan service. They knew that the this is the end. This is the culmination of everything that's happened in the MCU, and instead of Focusing on like a good villain, um, we reuse a villain, which fine with. Um, we focus more on celebrating those moments of the last ten years, while setting up a timeline that'll be very interesting for Phase Four to work with. Um, it was nice to see. Um, I, I, it's going to be sappy, but it was nice to see everyone one last time before things happened. Um, I just, yeah. Avengers Endgame, number 10. Number 9, I'm going to give to Homecoming. Um, I remember... Homecoming is very strange, <laughs> which is not the word I think people use to describe Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I, I remember watching it. I think this was the one I watched in New Orleans, and I th remember thinking, 
Like there was a hush over the crowd when we get told, oh, Peter Parker's date, her dad is the vulture. I remember feeling this tension and anxiety and being like, oh shit, they're not going to kill Peter, but they, I mean, they just won't. It's, it was one of those moments where I, I just felt this anxiety because I, I didn't want Peter's identity to be known. It was great. Um, I loved it. <laughs> and it, the, the entire movie, it's a teenager. It, we, we finally get a Peter Parker that we like. We can understand that he's nerdy and why people don't talk to him. We also get this, um, this Spider-Man who's quippy, who has, who starts to understand responsibility through his father figure, who is not Uncle Ben, although I'm glad they also didn't show, like, Uncle Ben dying again. We don't need it for the third time in ten years, guys. <laughs> but... I was glad to, to kind of get this new, with great power comes great responsibility, and if you're nothing without the suit, then you're nothing at all. Like, I don't know, It's it was a good movie. I liked it. And that's probably how I'm going to end a lot of these. Um, number eight... We are going to go with the first Iron Man. Um, I like. I I liked Iron Man because it, it, it. There's a lot of nostalgia with it, you know. Ten years of movies, and it all started in a cave with a box of scraps. Um. It did a great job of making a superhero movie that was grounded. It was, it still had that fantasy element of like, ooh, this is something that no one's done before. Made a very small battery that's super powerful. The villain was, well, act, he, he acted very well. It's Jeff Bridges. Um, and we also get like a, a nice little monster scene too where the um iron monger comes out and it's like oh shit <laughs> he's going to kill all these people we need tony stark and then tony stark comes iron man's probably too high on the list but whenever i think of it i just whenever i think of it whenever i watch it i go back to god how old was i i don't know I just remember thinking, wow, those were times when I was a kid. And now here I am, a man-child at the ripe old age of 25, and I'm just smiling because it takes me back. Um, as I said earlier, nostalgia factors into my choices a little bit.
Number seven. I'm going to... I, I, it's been a long time. But I'm finally going to give number seven to Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, I've loved Captain America for a while. Um, he's one of my favorite superheroes. He's always this moral compass, regardless of how the world is. Um, he sees the world in black and white, even though there are shades of gray. Um, and honestly, it's nice to have that as a character. Um, and when you see his flaws, it's mostly that he cares too much about friends and that he loves, you know, the people he cares about. Um, and that's what motivates him. It's straightforward. It's clear. It's nice. Um, I think in Captain America, the first Avenger, he's, he's this guy, I mean, he's nobody who gets powers and it's inspiring because as a little kid, I would think, wow, that could be me someday. Um, which I know like little girls look up to Captain Marvel and think, wow, that could be me someday. And, um, black boys and girls can look up to T'Challa and Shuri and be like, wow, that could be me that day, someday. Um, but Captain America was that for me. He was my, wow, that could be me someday. And I don't know, World War II to me growing up was weirdly fascinating, which is probably going to put me on a list somewhere, but it's it's one of those time periods that I learned a lot about in school compared to that to like World War One, where I think the basics that I learned was mustard gas became illegal and the Geneva Conventions became a thing. I think? See, I don't even remember that. Like World War Two, there's so many good stories that came out of that. And that's terrible because World War II is a tragic time. Uh, the Nazis, the concentration camps, uh, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Uh, it's a time with good stories from tragic events, which I think causes good stories to come. So... Even though this movie is old, I watch it, I'm always taken back to, like, this time where things are a little bit more black and white. Nazis, bad, evil. Uh, America, good. Well, I mean, we, we learn later that it's not as good as we thought, but regardless, that's the, the way that they frame the movie is America, good, which is nice sometimes. Um, I like Captain America. And that's why he's higher up on my list than some other Avengers and heroes. Um, but, yeah. Number six, though, we're going back to Captain America. What's that? Double feature? Yes, sir. Or ma'am, 
uh, whatever you identify as. Um, Captain America Civil War is um, number six for me. It really, it was this moment where I remember being so excited. It was also the first time that I did like a marathon viewing um, at a theater. Me and Andrew, actually, it was me and him. We said, I want to do this. I'm free from college. Are you free? Great. We're going to go and do this. We watched Captain America, Captain America 2. I think there were some Avenger movies in the middle. Maybe? I don't remember. But we watched, like, a whole bunch of movies in a movie theater. And it was fun. We got medals. And we watched this movie. Um, it does a great job of explaining, of introducing new characters without um, having them feel shoehorned in. Um, the, the characters being Black Panther and Spider-Man. It also, I don't know, it was a moment that I was ready for and I w thought and hoped, I kind of hoped, uh, it, I thought that, um, that Tony was going to accidentally kill Steve. And I was kind of ready for that. Like, in a weird way, I was like, if this happens, we'll get a depressed Tony because he lost his best friend, or one of his best friends. We'll get a new Winter Soldier who's ready to take on the mantle of Captain America until Sam's ready for it. I mean, sure, we didn't get Captain America's death, but we got something better, which was the, the tries of friendship being tested. An almost dead war machine. We got a story which, I'm going to sound just like George Lucas here, but it's a story about family. Steve has his family, which is Bucky. Tony has his family, which got killed by Bucky. And once that gets known, that's where th what once was just a conflict of ideals becomes a conflict of characters, of actions. And it was just, it was great. I I could watch Civil War again and again and just always keep on crying and smiling. But this next one, these next, these last five movies, I'm going to tell you what they are. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the order. We got uh, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor Ragnarok, and Infinity War. Those are the last five movies. And these final five are the, I, I think, my favorite movies. Not just in, like, the MCU, but, like, overall. 
Um, number five, I give to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it was weird. It was in space. And it made me cry. <laughs> um, it made me laugh. It was a movie that could deliver those laughs while making me cry. And I... It, it just goes to show that, you know, James Gunn, the, the writer and director of the movie, he knew what he was doing. And he's kind of the reason why I'm super excited for the new Suicide Squad. Because he's going to be able to bring that same heart to DC. And I'm hoping, I'm praying that that will help the DC movies. Because I would love for Marvel and DC to not, you know, have this fan war. Where fans think, oh, you can only like DC or you can only like Marvel. I like both. I, I wish that DC were had better movies. But I'm still going to watch them. I watched the Snyder Cut. Which uh, it took four hours to tell a story that Avengers could tell in um, two but still, it's going back to like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> it had interesting characters. Um, I liked it. <laughs> Great analysis, John. What do you think of these movies? I liked it. Um, yeah, Guardians is cute. I. I wish, though the only thing that I regret from the first Guardians movie is that they ended up letting Groot not have his full regener regenerative powers, but from a, a marketing standpoint, I completely understand. They needed a way to sell toys. And Rocket Raccoon, he's, a, he's not the kind that you want a toy for. Baby Groot, though, you want to buy a toy of him. I like Guardians. <laughs> um, number four is going to be Thor Ragnarok. I think they did Thor right. And I think taking some of these smaller indie directors... And putting them both in the director's and writer's chair, which they did both in Guardians and Thor Ragnarok, fits. It makes the... It makes some of these stories where you're talking about a character work. We're left... In, in Thor, we see a... We see Thor who is losing everything. He loses... A couple years ago, he lost his mother. Now his father is... gone. Then he loses his hammer! And he's... He no longer feels that worthiness. Because the hammer's destroyed. The last person who had the hammer before Thor was 
his homicidal sister. And we get this journey of what does it mean to be worthy? Hella was only worthy because that's what her father told her. Thor's worthiness comes from his people, though. And that's where we get this this difference between Hela and Thor, which is Hela gets her power from being on Asgard, the planet, where Thor gets his powers from his people, Asgard, the people, uniting and believing in him. And if he's fighting for them, he will have his power. Which is cool. Um, I think... I can't talk about this movie without mentioning Korg and Taika Watiki. Um, they they just make me smile so much. Uh, he's a great actor, uh, great director, great writer. He I I story time. So when I went to see Thor Ragnarok, I did it in Atlanta, and. Um, I think this was the one where, as I go to see it, the movie starts off, or before the movie, I get there a little early, and they're like, hey, do you mind watching this trailer for me? And as I'm watching the trailer, uh, they're trying to see if I get distracted by this girl who's flirting with me. Um, so, in... I, I don't know why I did this, but I ended up looking at the girl and saying, I'm sorry, I'm gay. And then that was the end of that encounter. <laughs> it was very weird. Then we go into the movie theater, and as I'm watching Thor, I get handed a... Everyone in the theater gets handed a note. And it's a, a survey on Thor Ragnarok and what we liked. Um... And one of the first questions was, who is your favorite character? And I remember saying Korg. Korg was my favorite character in that movie. Um, and it's because he had really fun lines. Like, piss off ghost. Um, um, new Doug. I don't know, It's quot he's quotable. Which made him memorable to me. Thor Ragnarok was just... It was an experience for me. And on top of that, it's a good movie. Which is why it's number four. Number three. This is a hard one. Um, these next three each hit me in a different way. And <laughs> um, it's hard for me to, to choose. I wish I could do all three of these as, like, number one, and then just have number four. Actually, why can't I? Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Because we got, I'm an hour in, I'm going to just have all three of these be number one. So the first one I'll talk about is Captain America, Winter Soldier. I think it's a story that transcends time and shows off that Captain America is more than just America. He stands for an idea of what is good and righteous. Which is why when he takes 
when he goes against the government, against S.H.I.E.L.D., it's because he knows what he has to do is right. Which I think really defined who he was throughout the rest of his movies. And continues to define who who Captain America is supposed to be. Which we see in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you'd like to get more thoughts on that, you should watch uh, me and my brother talk about that. We go through all six episodes, as well as the making of. Hehe. <laughs> but it's one of those movies where there's some jokes, but it's very serious. And we get serious characters. And I, it, I like the movie a lot. I need to stop saying that, but here we are. I like the movie a lot. I like Captain America Winter Soldier. The second one on my number one slot is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, I watched it and I cried. And I will always cry while watching it. Um, Yondu's death scene is... Oh my god, I'm tearing up thinking about it. Um, it was good. We, we get that humor that we're expecting with the Guardians. We get great music, which I love music. Um, and on top of that, we get... We just get this moment... Where, again, it's all about family. We, Peter Quill's not ready to go back to Earth, but he wants family. Which is why when Ego says that he's his dad, he believes him. And he gets all these powers and he's willing to give it up for the people he loves, his new family. Um, then we get uh, Nebula and Gamora and their sisterly issues. It's all about family again. They want us... They're tired of fighting against each other. And Thanos is, needs to be stopped. And they realize that... Nebula Nebula realizes that she has to do this alone. And she wants her sister to come with her. But her sister loves her family. Her new family. Rocket realizes that his family is with the Guardians. And he needs to stop being a huge dick. And we see that even more so... In uh, Infinity War, we see it again in Endgame. Groot becomes the son to Peter, which is an amazing dynamic. I'm... I'm just... Guardians just is amazing. And I can't wait for the last one, because I know it'll be the end of the Guardians as we know it. And I'm okay with that. I think movies need to have a purpose. And the purpose of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy that we're going to see is one about a family learning to live with one another and live with losing one another as well. 
Which is why I'll talk about Guardians 3 when we get closer. Um, especially when, when we get that first trailer. And finally, um, Avengers Infinity War. Um, as my last number one pick. It's a story about Thanos. He's the main character of Infinity War. And I liked that they went in that direction. We're no longer concerned about our heroes. We wanted an interesting villain, and it took them 10 years, or I guess 9 years at the start of Infinity War, to make an interesting villain that we cared about, who succeeded and was content with what he did. I'm... I wish more movies framed the main character as the villain. I think it's a great way. It can't be overdone. Because as soon as it's overdone, it no longer becomes impactful. But in something like this, it was well done. We learn more about him, what his goals are, why he wants it. And at the end, we get the moment with him sitting on a planet, looking at the sunlight fading across a grateful universe. And I want Marvel to know that they should do more experimental things with their villains. If you're listening to me, Kevin Feige, you don't need my help. I know you're on it. Um, but have interesting villains. That's what I want. As someone who grew up with these and is now an adult dealing with adult shit, I like escaping. I like escaping. I like watching a movie and escaping from reality. But in the end, I want, I, I do just want something that I can feel from, get this emotional feeling, which Infinity War does. I also just want something where I understand where the villain's coming from, what his goal is, and why he thinks he's right. Thanos lost his family. He lost everything because they couldn't deal with population control. He doesn't want that to happen to anyone else, which is why he uses all of the Infinity Stones for one purpose. And it's different than what we get in the comics. At least the original comics, which um, have a really emotional moment for me. Because um, they're the Infinity Gauntlet trilogy, or er, run. That was one of the first comics I read. Um, I started reading comics when my... Uh, kind of getting into me a little bit. 
and Andrew, but our parents divorced when I was eight. And movies, comics, superheroes are kind of what I dove into, as well as video games. And this was one of my first comics. Um, and the comics are different, but they have a different story to tell. And I think this story was told in such a way that doesn't make the comic worse, and it doesn't make it better, because they're two different stories. And in the end, I liked Infinity War. Well, that's been the Marvel Super Awesome Super Show. Um, my rankings of all the Marvel movies and why. Um, please, let me know what you think. Um, email us, I guess. No, Twitter. Twitter is the one we use. I'm old. Um, yeah, tweet at us what you like, what you don't like, and um, I'll let you know what I think. All right. I am awkward at these send-offs, so goodbye.